Hello and welcome to another episode of the Motivation Burrito. I am your host, Melissa, and I am actually sitting in the comfort of my bed and I am recording today's episode a little bit more mobile. Um, Normally, I record my episode from my computer desk with my super awesome microphone and headset, but... um, I got a little sidetracked today and completely forgot that I had a chiropractor appointment. So I went to my chiropractor appointment and then I still wanted to work out because I hit a milestone and I finally lost the like my first 15 pounds and I wanted to actually do my walk and kind of bump up the mileage. So this week I was trying to do a minimum of two and a half miles. I'm trying to do three miles consistently and I'm doing it all on an incline on the treadmill so that I can get some variation going there and to push myself and get my heart rate up a little more. And it did work. And I did, um, feel a lot better this week and my heart rate did go up a little higher. So I'm starting to see a little bit more of a push with my heart rate and get into, cardio zone consistently. So these were all things that I wanted to do. And and then I also realized I have a podcast to record. And I was like, shit, I'm running out of time. Um, And also, you know, you still want to take a shower after the gym because you're all sweaty and gross. And it's just like, not cute for a girl. So I realized that with everything that I wanted to do, My time was limited today and I was pretty much going to not record the episode on Thursday evening because it is currently Thursday evening and I was going to just record it Friday morning since it releases Friday morning and I was going to wake up early and just record the episode ahead of time but um, I realized that I'm not exactly a full morning person and sometimes I wake up cranky and I did not want to wake up cranky for a podcast, especially since this is something that I love doing. So I wanted to make sure that I came here with the right energy and that even though I'm tired and I am like wondering what the hell I'm doing right now, um, I still managed to get myself a setup to where I can actually record, be a little bit more mobile, and also not have to worry about a time restraint because when you're recording from desktop, um, I can only record in 30-minute intervals. And when I record from the app itself, I'm able to record with an unlimited time restraint. So it actually works out better for me this way. And I also get to be comfortable in my own bed. Um So yeah, fun times. So that is where we are. So I posted on Instagram earlier today a preview of what today's episode is about. And we're talking about shadow season. It's the 1st of October, Thursday evening. By the time you're listening, it's going to be October 2nd. And October and November is really where we start to see a lot of those shadowy things. And by shadowy things, I mean, 
you know, like the spooky stuff. Like we talk about like Halloween and we talk about ghosts and we talk about witches and we talk about just the darkness that is present in the season. You also have, you know, the the sun starts to go down earlier. It gets darker earlier. And all of these things are just things that we consider to be part of shadow season. And as we move into this season of the shadow, it's important to take things slow, especially this year. And that's why I wanted to talk about this because I've noticed that a lot of people in my social circle are going through these processes of grieving and isolation and going inward and self-discovery. They're going through profound transformations. They're literally looking at everything that they thought they knew because they have time to analyze these things. They have time to sit with these thoughts. They have time to really look at everything in their lives. So many people lost their jobs because of COVID and because, you know, certain businesses were shut down. And I I know that some of the people in my circle took that time to evaluate, like, is my job something that I'm passionate about? And so that led to topics of discussion about the nine to five sector and and not just the nine to five sector, but any industry that really requires a lot of time and energy and effort. And it led us to looking at where we are, looking at our career, looking at our current job, at our current place of employment, and asking ourselves, is this the right place to be? Is this where I want to be in the next five years or in the next three years or even long-term the next 10 years. And a lot of people realize that even though they lost their job, it almost forced them to kind of not only appreciate what they had, but also make the change that they needed to make. It kind of forced some people's hand to just start their business and, you know, become that entrepreneur or start looking into alternate ways of income. So it really led to a stage of innovation, a stage of new ideas, a stage of creativity. And it's not always easy. That's the thing because you're struggling financially and everybody wants that financial security. Everybody wants to be able to know that they'll be able to afford rent, that they'll be able to afford groceries, that they'll be able to, you know, keep up with their bills. And when you don't have that steady income, you worry. And sure, there's unemployment, but we are a huge country, let alone the state that I live in is a huge state. So you have to think about the funds that are available for unemployment? Do we have enough to cover the mass layoffs that we experienced as a result of this pandemic? So there's a lot that goes into this shadow season. And this year, 
specifically has brought up so many things to the surface and there's a lot of fears there's a lot of doubts there's a lot of isolation you know there was social isolation and when there's social isolation you start to tend to look at the people around you you look at the people you live with you look at the people in your social circle and you start to think are these people serving my best and highest good so we're talking about a full overall overhaul sorry of everything in our lives and not only that we're talking about a grieving process because there's a lot of people who lost a lot of things you know they lost their jobs some people lost their homes people lost friends and family to the disease to the pandemic to the virus so so much has happened in this one year alone and let's not forget about the fires we can't forget about the fires in california we can't forget about how it spread to the areas of oregon um and you know again people lost their homes you have to think about the wildlife, you have to think about the environment, you have to think about the air and the pollution. And in a time where we're already facing a pandemic that is, you know, damaging to our lungs and damaging to our respiratory system, you now have fire and ash that's in the air and causing air pollution and more damage to our respiratory system. So everything that has happened this year has just been so challenging and it's been eye-opening and it's caused us to look at things differently from a different perspective and it's not to say that it's all bad like I don't think you know that the whole year was a total wash I have some moments where I'm super grateful for I have witnessed some beautiful and amazing things I've witnessed you know my sisters in my program that I did this year come out of their shells and flourish in ways that they probably wouldn't have done had we not banded together and supported each other through this process I have met people this year in addition to my sisters that have supported me in this podcast, in this process, and supported me in ways that I never imagined I could receive support. I have, re, you know, like I've also gained support from people from college that I hadn't spoke to in quite some time. And just there is some good in the, in this year. Um, but again, there's also a lot of sadness and there's a lot of sad, like shadow shit. So in my post today, I said that it's important to take things slow and that whatever comes up for you, now is the time to face it, process it and integrate it. And it's the 1st of October it's a full moon, it's the start of shadow season, and I was in a state of 
I'm going to call it grieving and I'm going to put it in quotations because if you listened to my last episode, you'll know that I declared the death of old Melissa. I don't have another name for it. Like I know people who name like their alternate personalities and shit like that. I didn't have a name for it. She was kind of just like the old version of me, you know, because that's literally what it was. Old Melissa with old beliefs and ideas and um, old systems and stuff like that. So that was what I can call, like, that's literally what I can call her. Um, And so I declared the death of old Melissa because I couldn't keep her here anymore. I couldn't keep her in this space. I couldn't keep her in my physical space, in my body. She was holding on to so much. She was holding on to a lot of pain, a lot of trauma, a lot of fear, a lot of doubt. And I needed to make space for not only the new version of me, but to make space for deeper connections, like deeper connections to God, deeper connections to people who have come into my life that I've literally asked for. Um, You know, it's, it's like I've called in deeper relationships, not just with like a person who I would want to be my life partner, but like deeper friendships too. I needed a better support system. I needed circle. I needed to build friendships with people who were also going to encourage and stimulate the growth of new Melissa and my highest self. And I needed to make space for all of that. And that takes up a lot of space. Like when you think about spirituality, a deep connection with, with God or universe or spirit, whatever you want to call it, a deep connection like that requires space. And if that space is clouded by fear and doubt, there's no room for the good stuff. And so I had to learn to make space for everything that I wanted, everything that I called in as part of my mentorship program. And you would think that with the good things that I was calling in, that I'd be happy. But when you lose a part of yourself, when you allow a part of yourself to die and let go and leave the physical body, it takes a toll on you. Yesterday, I was so tired. And even though it was a rest day for me, I still wanted during the day to work out. Like I woke up yesterday morning, I was like, it's a rest day. But you know what, I haven't done some weight training in over a week. And I really need to do weight training again, because that's what's building the muscle. And I had every intention of going and getting the set of barbells and um, the slam ball that I have and just doing some basic weight training. Nothing major, a few squats, some bicep curls, um, really kind of get the arms going and get like what my friend calls the Instagram booty. Like I wanted and had every intention of at least doing 15 minutes worth of weightlifting. If nothing else, I just needed 15 minutes and that would have been okay. But by lunchtime, I was so tired that I literally almost took a nap at lunchtime. And I only get half an hour for my lunch break. And I almost took a nap because 
I just started feeling like those expansion systems. I started feeling the loss of energy. I started feeling that low vibrational energy because I lost a part of myself. That part of myself was no longer mm-hmm. in my body. And so there was just this emptiness. But when you expel energy like that, when you call in energy, it's one thing. You have to be careful with the energy that you're calling in. But when you call, like when you meditate and you call in healing energy and you call in good vibrations and you call in high vibrations, it actually energizes you. But when you expel energy, think about it like a workout, right? You you need energy to work out. You need energy to run. You need energy to push your body. So when you expel energy by forcing something or an old part of yourself out of you, that uses a lot of energy. And so in a sense, I expelled a lot of energy by casting old Melissa out of my physical body. And so by lunchtime, I was just so tired and I was like, I'm going to need a nap at some point today. I'm going to need a nap. And I tried to hold out. And as soon as I logged off on work, I was sitting down and I was watching TV and I fell asleep and I actually ended up taking a nap in like the middle of the evening and I was like oh my god this is gonna fuck up my sleep cycle but I was so worn down that it actually did not mess up my sleep cycle and I ended up sleeping through the night so not only did I take a nap but I had also slept through the whole night which is not something I've done in quite some time but I don't want it to sound like I don't appreciate old Melissa and that she was horrible because she wasn't old Melissa had a purpose old Melissa carried a lot of pain like I said she carried pain she carried sadness she carried the weight of emotional abuse she carried the loss of both my grandmothers she carried the loss of heartbreak uh, the loss of amazing friends coaches co-workers and After all of that that we experienced, she needed to become the protector. And she built walls to protect my heart until somebody was worthy of knocking them down. And so by casting her out and telling her that she can't inhabit this physical space anymore and knowing that the walls have come down, I'm now open and exposed and what my audience gets to witness, which they've witnessed in the past couple of episodes. So if you've heard the last two episodes, you'll know what I'm talking about. And you're literally witnessing so much vulnerability. You're witnessing pure emotion. You're witnessing me in this process. And there are some days where I just don't feel strong. I don't feel courageous or bold because everybody says, oh, it's so bold to be vulnerable. Oh, you're so strong for being vulnerable. I don't feel that way. There are some days where I'm like, this takes so much out of me and I don't know if I can do it. But then I remember 
my promises. I remember who I'm doing this for because it's not just for me. It's for the people out there who need to know that they're not alone. And yeah, there are some days where I'm afraid to trust the process, but there's magic in the process. The magic is in the moments where you start to find your truth. The magic is in the moments where all the layers of the outside world are peeling away, where all those old beliefs, where all those systems, where all those things that you've convinced yourself of start to peel away, where you see the parts of you that have been hidden for so long. And that's why I continue to do what I do. That's why I continue to be open. That's why I continue to be vulnerable because the truth that's within me can open the door to allow you to share the truth that's within you or at least to find the truth that's within you if nothing else you don't have to share it with me you don't have to share it with anybody but if my journey can encourage somebody to go on their own journey to find their truth to find their self-expression it's the most beautiful fucking thing in the world and I see you And I would be more than happy to witness that process and that journey. If, if you need somebody to witness it, like call on me because this is what I do and that's what I'm here for. And so that was the kind of longer version of the posts that I wanted to share. So I want to talk about what some of shadow season actually entails and today's podcast might actually not be as long as I want it to be um we might not hit a whole hour today but that's okay because shadow season takes a lot of energy and if I can get through this without expelling so much I'll be okay um so shadow work is something that not a lot of people are familiar with Like if you're in the spiritual world, you're familiar with shadow work, but even then it's not widely talked about because everybody has this idea that if you're going to be in the spiritual realm, you should be a light worker. You know, like the whole thing is about healing and love and light and, you know, like kind of calming the darkness or fighting the darkness. And that's cool. You know, we need people who are going to do the dirty work. We need people who are light in the darkness. But what people fail to realize is the darkness is still necessary. It is a necessary part of life to go within and to do the shadow work. Because only then can you bring light to it. So the true and I don't want to say masters, but it kind of fits. The true masters of the spiritual work are the ones who can do both the light and the dark. The ones who can balance the two. The ones who have the awareness of what those darknesses are and can bring light to them. That Those are the masters. Those are the wise ones. Those are the people that we want fighting in our corner. I have someone in my life who calls them the wounded healers. And 
I think that's such a phenomenal term because I think it really goes to show that there's a strength in the wounded healer because they've been through it. They've experienced it. They have gone through it themselves and they know how to process it and they're better because of it. You know, they're stronger because of it. So the shadow is something that is widely talked about in Carl Jung's philosophy. And um, what he says is that the shadow aspect is a part of the unconscious mind consisting of repressed weaknesses, shortcomings, and instincts. Everyone carries a shadow, and the less it is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. So in other words, he says we need to embody it because the more we ignore it and the more we try to suppress it and the more we try to push it down, the more prominent it becomes. And then you're talking about turning, crap, I lost that. You're talking about turning repressed feelings, shortnesses and weaknesses into demons. This is where people get the idea where, oh, you have demons to battle, you have like all of this darkness in you. And it's probably because it wasn't addressed sooner. It's probably because it was forced down. And we force it down because society tells us to. Society tells us that darkness is horrible. Darkness is bad. Oh, if you're if you have any type of darkness in you, you're a bad person, especially religion. Christianity tells us demons are bad. You can't have demons. Sins are horrible. You have to like repent your sins. So society and certain religions will have us believe that the darkness in us needs to be cast out. That the darkness in us, you don't talk about it. You don't acknowledge it. And when you do acknowledge that it's there, that's when you set yourself up for the failure. But it's the opposite. When you don't acknowledge that it's there, that's when you set yourself up for it because you're not facing what's coming up to the surface. It's just like emotions, right? I've struggled with processing my emotions, good or bad. And when I don't face them and when I keep trying to suppress them, it goes back to what I talked about a couple of episodes ago with the the beach ball, right? The beach ball in the water that a beach ball is not meant to go underwater. And if we try and push it down, it's going to pop back up. Same thing goes with the darkness and the shadow work. When you try and push it down, it's going to pop back up. But it's going to come back up with such force. It's going to come back up with such force that you just, it hits you in the face harder. And so... We end up in a place where something that could have been processed and something that could have been handled sooner is now bigger and badder and darker. And it's literally a full-fledged demon at this point because we just didn't acknowledge it when we should have. And it's hard. It's hard when you think about that. It's hard when you look within and you're like, okay, 
What are my demons? What have I suppressed for so long? What have I hidden for so long? And it's not easy to look within and to acknowledge those things. So I'm going to talk about some of the archetypes and some of the shadow. So if you've studied archetypes by, or if you've even researched archetypes, you'll know that we're talking about the archetypes like the magician, the creator, um, the royal, is it the royal, the magician, the creator, I think it's the, the mother, the hero, um, the innovator, the joker, basically all of those archetypes, right? The lover. And in each of these archetypes, there are shadows. And in the shadows is where we need to do the work, right? So for instance, there is... In the creative, so we'll go back to the creator because, as I said, we're in a time where there's people who are moving towards entrepreneurship, who are coming up with innovative ideas and ways to have an income, and that requires a little bit of creativity, right? But there's a downside to the creativity, and a lot of the times the shadow comes in in perfectionism, and this is where the passion of creative people becomes so great that it manifests itself as a quest for something that's unattainable, right? So we put so much pressure on ourselves and we sit there and we set these lofty goals for ourselves. We have this bright idea and we're like, oh my God, I need to do this, this, and this, and I need to do this in order for it to be absolutely perfect. And then all of a sudden, we're like looking for the most unobtainable results and we've set ourselves this goal that is way beyond our reach and when you put that much energy in it, into things and it doesn't go your way and you put all this time and effort and energy that's where the burnout happens right and we've seen it happen we've seen people burn out so quickly because they do too much too fast So it's not exactly the best thing to be a perfectionist. And I have definitely had perfectionist tendencies, which is why um, a lot of my anxiety stems from that. And let's see. I don't understand what they're referring to as the royal. (laughs) That's annoying me. I'm not really sure about these archetypes. Oops, I backed out of it. Ta-da! Alright, so... Here are some of the archetypes. Maybe this will better help us understand it. So you have... The every person, the ruler, I'm guessing that's what the royal is, the caregiver, the lover, the innocent, the creator, the explorer, the sage, the hero, the outlaw, the magician, and the jester. So 
I'm guessing the hero is equivalent to the athlete. So let's go back to... Let's go back to that other page where it's the archetypes back in the shadow. Ha ha. So in the royal, we have the destroyer. And the destroyer is something that I've witnessed. And the destroyer manifests in destruction, right? Like it's almost beyond vengeance. The destroyer seeks to just wreak havoc on people, whether it's friends, enemies, like the destroyer just loves that havoc and that destruction and the vindictiveness. And a lot of this happens like it's sabotage, right? But here's what people don't realize about the destroyer. A lot of times the destroyer shows up as self-saboteur and we don't destroy other people we end up destroying ourselves we end up sabotaging ourselves and it kind of seems to be counterproductive um so let's actually look a little bit more at the destroyer because now i'm curious The Destroyer. So it says the same positive energy that royals and executives use in battle can be used to destroy. It can lay waste to corporations, families, nations, reputations. So again, self-reputation, your reputation. And that's what the Destroyer does. So let's look at the Saboteur because the Saboteur is actually kind of similar but in its own separate category. So the saboteur is a shadow of the jokester? No. It's the saboteur is the shadow of the rebel. So the saboteur archetype exists inward or outward and it's particularly negative for everyone for almost everyone it runs on fear and low self-esteem resulting in issues that cause you to make choices that block your own empowerment or success it's self-destructive behavior or a crummy desire to undermine others um so again most people find themselves sabotaging their moves or others and the, the trick is to identify why is it, are you doing it out of a desire or a need for power? Or are you doing it? Yeah, actually, it's a power. It's a power thing, which is why I would think that it would be similar to the royal. Because the royal is a power, but I guess not. So now, let's get to the ones that we see as a result of social isolation. Because I think it's important that we look at those. 
And the first one is codependency. I don't know if anybody's ever seen the show Lost Resort. And in the show Lost in the show The Lost Resort, there was actually a mother and a daughter that had a codependent relationship. And when you think about like when you think about yeah see so codependency when you think about it it's the shadow to like let's start with what it is it's the shadow to the caregiver okay and obviously the caregiver is a service-based archetype it is someone who cares for others, who addresses the needs of others, um, but also knows how to address their own needs and set their own personal boundaries. But when you have the codependent and when you have the shadow of the caregiver, it's little to no boundaries. It's almost creating an obsessive need or a constant need. And it almost leads to a victim mentality sometimes. So like they do kind of go very similar paths. Um, and a lot of the times that codependency leads to things going badly for a caregiver. Um, and it's like they get lost in the their sense of purpose so they lose their sense of purpose so that purpose to fulfill a need or that purpose to provide for somebody gets lost and all that ends up happening is drama and a failure to provide that service and to provide that care so that's not really good either and then this is probably the one most people are familiar with the hermit and I feel like social isolation, like when you think about social isolation and you think about being locked up, people call you a hermit, right? Like it's a nickname that has always been associated with being inside. Like, oh, you like to spend a lot of your time inside. You're such a hermit. Or, oh, you're an introvert. You're such a hermit. Like, no, dude, not a hermit. But the hermit is an, is a shadow to the visionary. You know, and the hermit isolates themselves to think and work with their own ideas. And they do so so completely that they lose contact with those who can encourage them and support them. The hermit loses connections. They lose sight of the real world. They often end up in complete silence. And a lot of the times it ends up destroying the ideas that they had in the first place so the hermit can actually tear down the ideas of the visionary which is not really really good and i don't want to go through all of these archetypes because a lot of them just seem very weird and non-descriptive and they're not exactly what i was looking for in terms of really getting to the bottom of things and talking about the shadow in the way that i want to so what I do want to talk about in terms of the shadow is 
the original part where Carl Jung said it's about those weaknesses, those shortcomings, those instincts that are repressed. And when you spend a lot of time, whether it's working from home, whether it's by yourself, whether it's not being able to go out, you tend to look at your weaknesses. And that's what's hap- That's what happened to me, which is why I realized that old Melissa had to die because I was looking at a lot of her weaknesses and I was looking at her shortcomings. I was looking at all the things that she was holding on to. I was looking at all the things that continued to trigger me, the memories, the just the lack of faith, the lack of believability, and this feeling of being stuck in one place. I kind of got to a point where I felt like all I had was my nine to five. You know, like my life was only going to be just work, work, work. And my career path had to be based on moving up in my nine to five job. I didn't have any dreams anymore. I didn't have any ideas or visions. And when I did finally decide to chase one of my dreams, which was to be a speaker on stage, I got rejected. And that rejection sat with me. And that was when I decided to join my mentor's program because she was like, you're like, you have it in you and you're just looking at it the wrong way. And I had limited myself to this one idea, this one method of getting my message out that I wasn't open to the various other ways that I could do that. And if it wasn't for somebody telling me to get off your ass and do something, basically, you know, she didn't say it like that, but... Um, the first thing, the first lesson that we had was you can either stay where you are or say, I need to move because I can't stay here. And that was the decision that I made for myself. I realized that I just could not stay where I was and I needed to move. And as I was going through this process, all of these things started coming up for me, like this idea of perfectionism, this idea of needing to have an an audience of 25 listeners or 50 listeners in a span of four months or else I wouldn't look at my podcast as successful. This idea of having to put out two episodes a week in order to get engagement, in order to get the listens, in order to get the likes on Instagram. This idea of always having to have like a good topic to talk about Or being able to provide some sort of message at the end of it when I started to realize that all of those things are the reasons why I wanted to be a motivational speaker. But none of that aligned with my actual purpose because I realized That for me, it wasn't about the end of the story. And I realized that all of these conferences that I go to, all of these events that I go to, the speakers that are on that stage talk about everything that they did to get to where they are. They're so successful. They have a large following. They have a huge audience. Like 
if they wanted to do a podcast tomorrow, they would probably have like 50 listeners or they pack the stadium, like the, they pack the venue with 100 people or 150 people or 300 people, right? That's how many people buy the tickets to go to their events. And I'm sitting there like, yes, I would love to speak in front of 300 people. Yes, I would love to speak in front of 100 people. So when I set my goal for my podcast, I literally set a goal of having 50 listeners within four months. And I was like, am I trying to get event status within four months? Because that's a lofty goal. You have to build the traction. You have to build yourself up. But because I created this perfectionist idea and because I was basing a lot of it on those events and those speakers, I was almost not true to myself right away. And these were all things that I had to sort out before I even started my podcast. So when I started my podcast and I started to think about it in terms of branding and my friend had asked me the questions about what I wanted my mission to be, I realized that I had spent so much time trying to chase the results of every single one of those motivational speakers. I had tried to chase the success that they had. I had tried to chase that that fame, so to speak, that income, so to speak. I tried to just chase their result. And I realized that that wasn't mine to have. And even more, that's not what I want. What I want is the experience. What I want is the journey. Because you could sit there and get up on stage and tell me, oh my God, I make this amount of money a year and we packed this house and we packed this venue. Like, look at all of you that are here. Cool. How did you get here? What did you do? What were the emotions that came up for you? I'm sure it wasn't always easy. I'm sure there were times where you lost followers. I'm sure there were times where you shifted your purpose five times before finding what it is that you were actually looking for. Those are the things I want to know about. I want to know about your ups and downs. I want to know about your happiest moments. I want to know about that one person that came to you and said, because of your event or because of your speech or because of that one podcast episode, my life changed for the better. Those are the things I want to know about. Those are the things that I want to hear about. And it took me looking within to realize that. And yet I was still in a place of so much fear because I still had this idea of what I wanted this to become. And then somebody encouraged me to let go of all of it and to just be me and to just be open and to just be honest and vulnerable and not care Mm -hmm. about the result and not care about the listeners because all of that comes naturally when you are true to who you are and when you're true to yourself. And that shifted things for me. So I took a lot of time in this span of four months to look at all the things that 
were keeping me from my dreams, all the things that kept me limited, all the things that kept me small. And so many of them were fear-based and so many of them surrounded Mm -hmm. resistance and, and doubt and not trusting myself. And these are things that come up for a lot of people. And these are just my experiences. Like, again, there's loss, there's grieving, there's transformation, there's financial hardship, whatever struggles come up for you. This is the perfect season to decide that you're going to make the changes necessary to move forward. And it's not going to be easy by any means. That's why they call it shadow season, because you are literally in the darkness, man. Like, have you ever experienced a blackout? And you're trying to like walk through your house or you're trying to walk through your room and you're smacking into everything imaginable. Like you step on a Lego or you step on your makeup brush or you knock into the TV stand. And when you're trying to turn on like the lamp because you trying to see if you have power back, you knock into the lamp and you're like feeling around the room trying to get to the doorway in order to just like see what's going on in the world and see if you're the only one without power or see if the whole block lost power. Um, But as you're trying to find your way around the house and you're trying to find your way through things, you're smacking into stuff. And that's okay. And that happens. But that's what the shadow work feels like. The shadow work feels like moving through the darkness without light. It feels like finding your way and navigating through this this space until you come out of it and you start to see that light because eventually there's light right whether it's natural light or whether the power comes back on or where or whether somebody is there just flashing a little flashlight there for you and guiding your way back out you somehow find the light in the darkness and so this is why i'm encouraging you to take it slow And to take your time, because if you don't, you're going to hurt yourself. I mean, I literally count stairs in the event of a blackout. So in my house, I know how many stairs there are from every floor. So like from the top floor to the main floor, there's 11 main steps and the three platform steps. And from the main floor to the basement, there's another 11 steps. So I know how many steps are in my house in the event of a blackout. I've learned to navigate my room I've learned to navigate the hallways. I've learned to navigate upstairs and downstairs so that I am aware of my surroundings in the darkness. And it wasn't easy. And it takes a lot of time. And it takes a lot of effort and energy. But I promise you, the sooner you become familiar with all of it, the sooner you accept that it's there and begin to process it and begin to work through it and have an awareness of it, you can find the light. It just takes a little time and it takes a lot of courage and go slow. And that's my advice to you. So in this season of shadow, I, I want to give you hope. Because as hard as it may seem, 
especially this year, especially with COVID, especially with everything that we've been through, riots and fires and so much tragic loss and just the news being what it is and everything that we see in the world and the sadness and the pain and the tragedy, all of it, there's hope. And I'm not sitting here saying that to be like, oh my God, we're going to be okay. No, we've got a lot of healing to do, man. A lot of healing. But if we're willing to do it, that's when there's hope. And that's when there's magic. The magic comes when you're willing to actually do the shit work. So do the shit work. And if you need help with it, I'll be here. And... Is as I said earlier in the episode, the true masters are the ones who can do both. The true masters are the ones who could be the light workers and the shadow workers. So if you know a master, lean on them for help. And if you want to reach out to me, lean on me for help. That's what I'm here for. Take it easy. Take it slow. And take care of yourself. I love you all, and this has been another episode of The Motivation Burrito. You can find us on Facebook at The Motivation Burrito Podcast and on Instagram at The Motivation Burrito. Give us a like and a follow. Website is coming soon still. We are starting that process most likely next week, so I'm hoping to have the website done by the end of October, and I will update everybody on that progress as I move through it. And thank you all for listening. I love you and really take it easy in this shadow season. And if you need me, I am always here. I am your lovely host, Melissa, and stay well, everyone.